0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? What a day, what a day, what a day, what. Yeah, I know. uh, Really stacked uh, news day, so don't go anywhere. Um, Let me just get right to it, folks. I don't want to waste your time. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Saucy, a new sponsor. Check them out. Super easy to use. I love this site. Everyone at some point has wished they could just have beer, wine, or liquor delivered. Well, someone finally decided to do something about it. My wife and I enjoy um, Saturday night date nights at home in our backyard. Uh, Now it's easy to get your beer, wine, or liquor delivered right to you. And Introducing Saucy, the alcohol delivery app. Saucy delivers your favorite beer, wine, and liquor right to your door on demand. If you're in L.A., the Bay Area, Chicago, San Diego, Sacramento, your Saucy order will arrive at your door in under 30 minutes. Under 30 minutes, ready to drink. For the rest of us, Saucy will deliver beer, wine, and liquor to your door in two days or less nationwide. There are no order minimums, no delivery fees, no running to the store. If you've got the Saucy app, you've got a fully stocked bar on your phone. And for a limited time, you can get $15 off. $15 off when you download the Saucy app and enter the promo code Dan, my first name, D-A-N. This is really easy to use, very efficient. That's the Saucy app spelled s-a-u-c-e-y and enter promo code dan for a nice 15 dollars off get the saucy app today and use promo code dan don't forget all right folks um here we go yesterday yes uh busy busy news day i was uh on the air uh doing all kinds of interview and radio and let's get right to this uh this the suspicious package thing there are a number of things i want to point out to you in addition to some other stories out there um I uh, have some pretty good contacts, obviously in the secret service and other where and, uh, and in other places in the federal government. Um, you know, just from having worked there, I'm not patting myself on the back. It's mm-hmm. if you work there, you'd have the same ones. Uh, there's something not right here. Now, I, I guess the best way to do this is to not bury the lead and put the lead in the front as I've been doing lately. There's only two possible explanations to this, to this suspicious package. Uh, Threat we have out there. Explanation number one is that this is a grotesquely rank amateur intending to inspire terror. Now the terror part applies to both explanations because any idiot willing to do such uh, a—I mean, this is something so stupid and traumatize people like this—you're a savage, right? right? Right. But explanation number one, Joe, this is a an amateur. I'll explain why in a second. Or explanation number two. It's not an amateur. Matter of fact, it's someone who knows exactly what they're doing and is trying to look like an amateur. Now, those two cannot possibly exist at the same time. You either don't know what you're doing or you do know what you're doing and you're trying to look like someone who doesn't know what they're doing. All right, Agent Bongino. Well, and this from is here. Yeah. Yes, I know. And I, I, I was going to talk to Joe, but so Joe and I are friends. So mm. we chat before the show. I said, let me save this one for the year because I appreciate Joe's genuine reaction. OK, So. Um, in chatting with some of my buddies, um, one of the things that sticks out uh, to me and to others is the fact that these are uh, unbelievably amateurish devices. So let me just point out some things to point that to, to indicate that they are—they're not. These are not uh, devices that someone who is experienced in these sinister dark arts mm-hmm. would put together. Number one, if you were intending to harm someone via a package bomb, uh, God forbid. You do not want that package bomb to be suspicious. Well, why would that be, Joe? Because simply you don't want it to be detected, right? This is not complicated. So there are things you do to minimize detection. Um, These are obvious ones that were not present on this. I mean, you don't put a printer label on a package in font, uh, 700 font. You get what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. You keep the font normal, or you 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 print in normal block letters, so it would look like a standard package or an envelope. That is not the case with this thing. Secondly, um, as I indicated on a Fox and Friends appearance this morning, and I'll put out to you there, and this is all out there, folks. I wouldn't uh, you know divulge any classified information. This is all out there already. All right. Um, I wish it weren't, but it is. Printers leave a signature on printed. Uh, documents i don't know if you all are aware of this yeah. but they do it's like a fingerprint um, isn't it like More a or fin- or less, yes yeah. well said my friend they leave a printer and uh, how it's done i i i'm not at liberty to say but it's a technique we use when investigating counterfeit money in the past ah. when i first got on the secret service uh what we called p notes p notes computer printed notes were almost non-existent everything was done uh via some form of a press a printing press Uh, As as printer technology got better, people started to pass what we call P-notes. One of the ways that's very easy to detect P-notes is by the pattern a printer leaves on a printed bill. You can find out what printer it is, like Joe said, um, and I'll leave it at this, it leaves a fingerprint. Those fingerprints and literal fingerprints are most likely on those packages and on those printer labels. This is an amateur hour operation. Combine that with the size 700 font on the front. I think, meant to draw attention to these packages, which makes no sense if your goal was to get these packages, God forbid, to detonate, says to me, again, this is either an amateur operation or someone trying to look amateur. I will get to that point again in a moment. Some other indicators that there's something um, seriously wrong and very suspicious about this case outside of the obvious uh, disturbing nature of it in general. The packaging. Folks, people who do this uh, and tr- and people like the, the Unabomber and others who have successfully, sadly, pulled off these horrible uh, attacks, you, the, the packaging, the excessive packaging is one of the indicators that there may be something wrong with a package at your location. Um, excessive packaging uh, and tape is put in for a reason, Joe. The reason is quite obvious if you think about it. If you don't want your device to be detected, you can't have the device inside get somehow get wet on the packaging and then say one of the angles of it, if it's a pipe or whatever it may be, or some kind of uh, explosive device in black powder, you don't want the angle to push through the envelope. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't sure. want the, it, You don't want the envelope to open. So it's not uncommon to see this excessive packaging and wrapping and taping and taping on top of more taping in these devices. That was present here. Having said that, the excessive packaging is usually an indicator, and this person made a point to really overdo it with the packaging on this one. Hmm. Another point indicating the amateur nature of this: the stamps, uh, six forever stamps, the same stamps put on uh, these devices, the same kind of stamps, the same obviously the placement that's pretty standard uh, on on. I mean, that's obvious, but the six stamps in the uh, in that same layout on the uh, on the package, the overs the uh, the overuse of of postage. Putting all that postage is another indicator that this was an amateur hour operation. This was done often in the past in these incidents, the excessive postage, uh, postage to make sure the, uh, the the device, let's say, gets to its intended location. But this one, again, seemed to be obvious. Combine that with the fact, Joe, that the stamps were not did not have the black parallel lines over the stamps, mm. which the post office does after the, it is processed through the facility. Why? So that the stamp can't be reused. Right, There are no stamps on the stamp. Meaning these were not processed through a post office facility. Meaning why would you put the stamps on there? It was either a courier or they were hand delivered and meant to look like U.S. mail. They were not. Another indicator, this is an amateur hour operation or meant to look like one. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were so driven by hatred that you felt the need to mail a a explosive device to a person you could not stand and had such vitriol in your heart for. Let's use John Brennan as an example. You would probably figure out where he actually worked and understand what the spelling of his name was. That's not what happened in this case. The printer label not only mailed a package for John Brennan to CNN, but it spelled John Brennan's name wrong. It spelt a number of names wrong. It spelled Debbie Wasserman Schultz's name wrong as well on the return label. Folks, John Brennan's name is spelled with two N's, not one. John Brennan does not work for CNN. John Brennan works for NBC. If you are deranged enough to do this and send a package to John Brennan, you would have thought, putting all that, that, that work, air quotes here, into developing your deadly device or 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 uh or your suspicious package in general you would think you would do basic research to figure out what John Brennan's name is actually spelled like and where he worked this all reeks reek there's something not right about this case folks something is not right now here's the kicker again we're dealing with the headline here this is either a rank amateur or a hardcore professional designed to look like a rank amateur. Now, I've given you no inv- evidence so far that this is a professional, Joe. All I've said so far is the print, the packaging, the stamps, the misspellings, the names, the way the devices were delivered. Mm-hmm. This sounds like an amateur. Does it really? Let me bring up an interesting point you uh, brought up to me. Okay, hmm. Agent Bongino. Yeah. Joe, if you were, God forbid, an amateur bomb maker. mm mm-hmm putting together these devices, and you were so bad at doing it, you couldn't even figure out the initiator, how it works right, yeah. but you're dealing with highly explosive toxic compounds. One of the things we'd seen in the past, and there's, uh, there's numerous examples of this, are these guys missing fingers, sometimes they turn up dead, or typically mm-hmm. we get a call from a police department saying, wow, we heard a loud explosion in apartment 6C, why does that happen? Because they're so stupid, a lot of these rookies at this, they can't figure out how to not blow themselves up. Ladies and gentlemen, even professional bomb makers, a lot of them are missing numerous digits on their fingers. All the evidence I gave you just now is that this person has no idea what they're doing, thankfully, in the construction of an explosive device inserted into the mail system or the courier system. If that were the case, it would be highly likely... Highly likely that this person would have either killed himself by now. Or we would have some hospital records of someone showing up in a hospital with a missing digit or an arm because they have no idea how to construct these things. How do we know they have no idea? Because none of them actually exploded. Thank the Lord. Mm -hmm. None of them. That says to me, ladies and gentlemen, that this was not an amateur. This was not an amateur. This was probably someone with some experience who designed these things to intentionally not go off. Some of the other indicators, one of the, uh, according to media reports, one of the other devices was constructed using PVC pipe. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that's obviously a very stupid way to do this. You have to constrain what creates the, the pressure and the blast is constraining the actual explosive power within a steel encasement. Right, right. It's what creates that force. If you just light up a bunch of black powder on a field, you just get a poof. You constrain those gases in a steel tube, you create a lot of problems. This is clearly, in my mind at this point, somebody who knew what they were doing and wanted these devices to be detected. Mm-hmm. Wanted these devices to be detected. Now, what worries me about this now, Joseph, is that the potential for a tactical shift going forward. Mm-hmm. If what I told you is true, and I believe it is, and I believe this person will be caught expeditiously, I'm expecting. Uh, I, I mean, listen, the predictions game is is irresponsible here, but let's just say in the coming days, I believe someone's going to be caught. I believe who who it is, and. Let me just not say too much. I think it's going to surprise you. Yeah. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people what's going on here um, uh, behind the scenes with this. But what worries me now is a tactical shift from this person. If this person, as I believe, has some kind of experience with explosive devices, how to detonate them. And most importantly, Joe, how to not detonate them, how to get these kind of black powder or potential explosive devices through the mail without them going off. And I believe that was the intention at this point. It defies uh, credulity at this point that this person mailed nine devices and none of them went off. What worries me is a potential tactical shift to devices that will go off. That will go off. That shouldn't be on everybody's mind right now. Would not be unheard of for things like this to happen. Now, one more point on this, because um, I do have a lot of news to cover today. You know, the example, uh, it's brought up a lot, I know, because it was brought up to me on the news and a couple of radio interviews um, about the Unabomber and things like that, that it took a long time for the Unabomber to be found. Um, in other words, that this person may may take a long time to catch this person as well. It may. Um, I don't think it will. I believe uh the fact that all these packages were left behind leaves behind a body of evidence. Um, the, there's a lot of tape on some of these devices, folks. Tape is the way we get fingerprints. Uh, the chances of avoiding a fingerprint on nine unexploded devices are slim uh, to none. Um, but I believe this person uh, will probably be caught in the coming days, and uh, I just... You have a question here, Joey? Yeah, question. I do have a question. I, I can't remember who said it, but... I want to know if it's correct. If you think it's correct, that the, 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 there's more detonations of bombs being built than there are of bombs being used in execution. Is that? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's one of the reasons I mentioned that to you. One of the points I've been discussing with a that's a lot of a, bombs a pal, to build and not blow let's up. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an awful. That's it, and it, and it speaks to a a person's pr- ability to professionally handle. Uh-huh. I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. Explosive device. These are obviously toxic compounds. Yeah, obviously, and the fact that none of these devices have exploded, or we have no indication yet that they've exploded while they were in construction, says to me that this is someone who knows what they're doing. That's that's what I meant. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I saw you like you were Joe was doing this thing where he like touches his chin, and when <laughs> Joe touches his chin, that means he's got some kind of a question. He's waiting for yeah. me to. He's waiting for me to answer. But on the Unabomber front, I just wanted to tie that part up too. The Unabomber operated over years and years and years, and he was tactically, uh, very strategically uh, putting those, those, those units, those explosive devices in the mail at different locations over extended periods of time. The reason he took so long to get caught is there was no clear pattern at the start. Well, what ha- what's happening and what's different in this case is there is a clear pattern. We have the stamps, we have the packaging, the unexploded devices. The fact that he may have used a courier, we're going to have video. There's a video dragnet all over Manhattan where this device this morning that was left at De Niro's place in Tribeca, is it the Triangle Below Canal uh, in downtown Manhattan? These per- these people, whoever did this or was organizing this, did it in such a short period of time that they left and they had to just by default having these unexploded devices in the video left a body of evidence behind. And given the full assets of the United States government dedicated to this, um, I believe this person will be caught soon, uh, very soon. One final note on this. I have an article up in the show notes today. I encourage you to read. Uh, I was furious, furious yesterday at the media coverage of this. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been disgusting. It has been horrifying. You know, I said to you, Joe, I should have asked you to do this. Mm. And, you know, we've been busy lately and I don't want to bog you down with work, but I thought of this last night, and then I just got so busy I forgot it, but I did a show, ladies and gentlemen, a long time ago after the horrendous uh, b- baseball field incident in Alexandria where Steve Scalise was, was uh, shot, and uh, a number of other members of Congress were shot at by a Bernie Sanders supporter. And Joe, I know you remember the show, and mm-hmm. you know I don't like playing old clips of myself. It's kind of mm-hmm. dopey, but I can summarize what I said because I remember the show um, like it was yesterday. And this just goes to show you the abhorrent, disgusting, horrifying coverage of the liberal media. Horrendous people out there. I mean, unbelievable what they're doing here, trying to pin this on Donald Trump. I had said to you back then, I'll say it again, and I will say it anytime time this happens. After the Bernie Sanders supporter nearly killed Steve Scalise, I made a point acutely in that moment that we have to temper this and understand that this was not Bernie Sanders' fault. It's not. Now, you call it whatever you want. Listen to me. I don't care because I know where my heart and my head were at the time. Right. It is a dangerous, slippery slope to start blaming other people, Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders or Sarah Palin or anybody else for the deranged action of lunatics. Joe, neither you nor I have any control of what people decide to do out there if they have such darkness in their hearts that they want to physically harm others. We have made a point on this show repeatedly. Call it your virtue signaling. I don't care what you call it. I know I have made a point with this show repeatedly because I know what's in my heart. I know what's in Joe's heart. That violence, proactive violence, is never, ever, ever, ever the answer. Period. Full stop. Thank you. I'm not telling anybody not to defend themselves if they're attacked. I have said this over and over, and I made a point after that dreadful episode with Steve Scalise where he almost died, that that was not Bernie Sanders' fault. And the minute we go down that road, that well, you know, the guy was a Bernie supporter, so Bernie did this. We open ourselves up to a society of 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 really mob-like behavior, where anyone and everyone can be attacked at any time. Anyone, anyone can be tied to anything. They can say, "Oh my gosh, Joe Armacost tweeted a year ago, you know that that he didn't like the politics of Maxine Waters." So Joe's response: Get him! You get what? What do you get? You you get a witch hunt. Yeah, a legitimate witch hunt. Remember the, you know, the witch trials? If they, you know, if they if they float, they were witches, and if they drown, they were witches. It was like you were a witch either way, you know. You, it was a loose. loose whatever. am probably didn't explain that well. So I'll get a thousand emails, but you get the point. The whole purpose of a witch hunt is you always find a witch. And many of you, thankfully, agreed with me. I got a lot of feedback on that. A couple of you didn't. You said, "Well, listen, the Democrats are out there calling for aggressive confrontation, folks." Yes. The ones who are calling for aggressive confrontation of public officials out there, I, I'm not going to tell you, have not played a role, at least in creating an environment, a really nasty toxic, envi- toxic environment. Yeah. I'm not, I've never I've always gone after these people for doing that. But we cannot put the behavior of individuals on others. It's th- it leads us down a dangerous path. Now, I only say that because the media, their abhorrent, horrendous coverage of this event. Joe, they have zero clues, zero, none. They have absolutely no idea who did this. They don't know the motive of all of the W's out there. The how, the who, the why, the when. Of all the W's out there, Joe, what's the most important? The who. Mm. Who did this is the most important. That's how you determine a motive. They have no idea, folks. They have no idea who did this. And you've got people like Brian Stelter making these slight insinuations that these are Trump targets. You've got CNN running, Chiron's target, Trump targets under attack as if Trump somehow was responsible for this. I said to you on that episode, and I'll wrap it up with this. I said to you, wait, you watch when something happens to a Democrat. I was saying this during the Scalise incident when a Republican was under attack. The media will pay you back no favors. And the point I was making at the time was I was not doing it because I was expecting the media to be honest later. These people are not honest. They're not. I remember the show, Joe. I said to you, I'm doing this because it's the right thing. It is not Bernie Sanders fault that some looney tune tried to kill Steve Scalise on a baseball field. It's just not. You know what, people? Have, it's, I got some criticism yesterday for owning the lib. Owning the libs is about the exercise of political power. You idiots! Do you even listen to the show? To these morons? Do you? Have you did you miss the whole episode? We have we have purposefully, me being a former Secret Service agent, having experience with this, openly, vigorously spoken out against these kind of aggressive, confrontational tactics. But make no mistake, Joe, from the corrupted, horrible media. I expect no courtesy in return. None. I knew you would do this. I knew you would do it when it happened. I knew you would do it immediately without any evidence. I knew you would not practice journalism. I knew you would practice liberal, liberal narrative advocacy. And sadly, tragically, you proved me right. And you know what? Even though you continue to do this, God forbid another incident happens with a Democrat. Another incident happens today. God forbid one of these devices is functional and actually goes off. I will still, no matter what, if something were to happen to a Republican today, I will insist because it's the right thing to do that the individual is responsible for their behavior. This is not some collective thing where Democrats are responsible for what some Looney tune does. But again, ladies and gentlemen, expect no courtesy and no civility. And no morally or ethically upstanding behavior from the media, who will turn around on a dime and blame you for this, ignoring the fact that white powder was sent to Don Junior's house. That the, there was some suspected rice and attack on Susan Collins' uh, house. Expect none of that. Jim Mattis got a package. Those stories have all disappeared already, Joe. And can I say one more thing, folks? You know the treatment of Fox. He said, "Well, you're on fire. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'd have to put this out there. The treatment of Fox by other left-wing media nuts out there has been disgusting. Fox has been running 24-hour, nearly 24-hour, sometimes commercial-free coverage of the attack on CNN and Democrats. You know why, Joe? Because it's an important story, right? And yet these other stories, Trump being called a Nazi." treasonous, stories about rice and attacks on them, white powder. They get coverage by the other networks, but they go away quickly. But when it comes down to a real story, Fox provides 24 hour coverage and yet they'll attack Fox. Gross, gross, absolutely grotesque. All right. I got a lot more to get to today, folks. Um, Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Quip. You ever need that Pristine, clean kind of feeling in your mouth and you just can't get it from a regular toothbrush. Oh, That's because yeah. you're using. It. That's because you're using it. By the way, somebody picked up something you said about Elizabeth Warren on a thing that I totally missed. I didn't oh. even I didn't get that one either. I missed that. I didn't get that. I totally missed that one. Joe is is all full of these things. And I by the way, I did get the Beto thing, folks. Joe, right? Please tell him. <laughs> Before the show, we yes. did that, the Beto. The Beto we, I knew it. it was a joke. The Jedi thing was a setup, folks. We get it. I promise you, when Joe gets me, like get the yeah, like the how thing, I, I miss it. But the Beto thing, I got. So we were just joking around. All right, Quip. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. I love Quip. I have a Quip. I have one for my kids. It's the greatest toothbrush you'll ever see. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. It's the new electric toothbrush, Quip, that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of those bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes that look like Caterpillar trucks built in a factory. You have to get a separate piece of luggage for your old traditional electric toothbrush, not this one. Guiding pulses (laughs) alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount of time effortless. Matter of fact, my Quip is smaller than my old uh, manual toothbrush. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why you're going to love this. a really, really good toothbrush. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com getquip, slash Dan, getquip.com slash Dan, getquip, uh, getquip.com slash Dan. Right now, you'll get your first refill pack free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Go check that out. All right. Um, more breaking news here. So I've been working on something for a while on the Spygate case in the book. Some of it's in the book. We kind of hint at it. But at the time of printing, I didn't have um, the body of of material I do now to to point to to an assertion I'd like to make. But there's something very interesting. Um, Someone who emails me regularly emailed me yesterday. I was hesitant to bring it up yesterday. But I've been holding on to something for a while. Uh, with the Papadopoulos angle of mm. the Spygate case, Joe. I haven't discussed this with you. No, yet. you haven't. Mm-mm. But it is is—it is fascinating. Folks, there's an article from November 9th of 2017 by Ali Watkins. Oh, remember the names. Some of you are picking that up right now. Some of you may not be. There's an article in Politico I'm going to put up in the show notes. And again, it's from uh, November 9th of 2017. Uh, It's going to be the second or third article down in the show notes. If you subscribe to my email list, I'll email them right to you. And it is a fascinating piece, not only because of uh, the content of it, but who wrote it. Allie Watkins, Allie Watkins, the author. Who is Allie Watkins? Why does that name sound familiar? Allie Watkins was the love interest, girlfriend of the Senate staffer on the Senate Intel Committee that was handling the collusion investigation, Joe the girlfriend of the Senate staffer on that committee who was alleged to be the recipient of many leaks from that committee. You remember uh, Wolf, the guy on the committee who was arrested and is being prosecuted for uh, allegedly leaking the FISA warrant. Yes. This is his girlfriend, oh. Allie Watkins, who was supposed to be the recipient of the text messages about the FISA warrant. Now, remember we had discussed this before. He, if interestingly enough, when the FISA warrant is del- delivered to the Senate Intel Committee, excuse me, when it's delivered to the Senate Intel Committee, it is likely delivered in unredacted form. The FISA warrant is 82 pages. He texts Wolf, his girlfriend at the time, Allie Watkins, according to the charging documents, he texts his girlfriend 82 times, most likely screenshots of each individual page of the FISA warrant. Now, if you're a closet investigator out there, you're probably figuring out where I'm going with this. If not, I'll explain it to you. There were whole pages of the FISA warrant blacked out, meaning they were like black dots. They got the Senate Intel Committee most likely the unredacted portion of the FISA. If it was 82 pages and he texts his girlfriend 82 times, he most likely, Joe, would not text his girlfriend a fully redacted page. Hey, Joe, check this out. Here's a big black dot on a page. They're not going to do that. He right. would only, why would you text pages and pages and pages of blank documents? You wouldn't do that. It's no. absurd. It's ridiculous. What, is, what am I suggesting? I'm suggesting that the unredacted FISA, in other words, this entire basis for this case, the garbage case that's in there, all the information that we're supposed to see soon, if, if Trump follows due on this declassification request, that the media may already have this, may already have the unredacted FISA with all the devastating information in there. Now, the author of this piece, Watkins, in this Politico piece, is the, uh, according to the reports, is the girlfriend and is the recipient of these texts. So she may have a boatload of information about the genesis of this case. Folks, please understand what I'm telling you, because the rest of this story, that part's old. But if you don't understand that part, the rest of this will make no sense. The author of this Politico piece I'm about to dig into, and some of the very, very suspicious components of it, is the girlfriend of the guy leaking sensitive information from the Senate Intel committee. And one of the pieces of that sensitive Intel information is I believe the unredacted FISA based on the pattern of texting, meaning she knows almost the whole story that Nunes and others know because she's most likely read portions of the unredacted FISA and understands how bad this case is and some really suspicious stuff. Now, now when you read this politico article, a whole lot of things are going to start to make sense. The politico article is about Mifsud and Papadopoulos. Remember Mifsud's the Maltese professor who starts this whole thing by confronting Papadopoulos in March of 2016 by a meeting with Papadopoulos and alleging that the Russians have dirt. But, but, but mm-hmm. Mifsud Joe introduces Papadopoulos at one point to a woman he calls and i say he calls because nobody's really sure what this woman's name is some of this is a good portion of this is in the book by the way this is my spygate book but introduces miss sood introduces Papadopoulos the trump team member to a woman by the name of Olga Vinogradova Whoa. or Polanskaya depending on <laughs> what last name you choose yeah <laughs> And he introduces her, Joe, as Putin's niece. Let me read from the piece. This is going to, I promise you, this is going to be fascinating. Where we go in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, this is going to get good. So again, this la- the woman writing this likely knows the entire story about FBI malfeasance because her boyfriend is on the Senate Intel Committee and we know is texting her. Here's, this is from her Politico piece. Quote: Missud introduced Vino to Papadopoulos as someone with high-profile ties to the Russian government. <gasps> oh, Russian woman! Missud goes, "Hey, look, it's Putin's niece. She has high-profile ties to the Russian government, which was then seeking better relations with the U.S. and an end to Western economic sanctions imposed over Russian aggression in Ukraine." One Papadopoulos email to Trump campaign officials said the woman had offered to. <laughs> this is oh, this is too perfect. To arrange a meeting between us and the Russian leadership to discuss U.S.-Russia ties under President Trump. Wow, how convenient. So the Maltese professor, Joseph Mifsud, who's alleged to have started this whole thing, right? And in the Democrat narrative is a Russian agent, despite the fact that all the evidence indicates he has significant ties to Western intelligence, uh, not the signif- not as significant to his ties to Russian uh, Russian agents. All of a sudden finds this woman, Joe, out of nowhere, who claims to be Putin's niece, who claims to have these high level ties to Russia and can set up meetings. Whoa, isn't that convenient? How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting? None of this is news. That's in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been holding on to something for a while. And an email I got yesterday makes leads me to believe that it's probably time to to put it out there. Folks, what's fascinating about the one of the documents used to prosecute Papadopoulos is if you read about his interactions with Mifsud, And hat tip to, you know who you are. They're spoken about in a third-person format, Joe. How would that happen? Now, let me, I'm not explaining that well. So Mifsud, the Maltese professor who starts this whole thing, right, by allegedly saying that the Russians have dirt on Hillary, tells Papa that, starts this whole thing, this collusion nonsense, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Those interactions are documented in prosecuting in prosecutorial documents used against Papadopoulos, but they're spoken about from a third person's perspective. Now, if this is I know it doesn't make sense to see the look on your face. If you and I, Joe, are having an interaction mm-hmm. and we're talking about robbing a bank, and in the charging document, it says... Well, Joe Armacost initially didn't take it seriously, but then he decided to take it seriously based on the look on his face. hmm yes. Who could that information come from if only you and I are at the table? One of us. <laughs> well, yes, it's not a, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. One of us. Yeah. But I don't think it was Mifsud. Unless, Joe, they had a recording of it. Now, if they had a recording of it... Uh-huh. Who the hell was Mifsud working for? How did they get the recording? In other words, if this is a collusion operation with the Russians and Mifsud is a Russian agent, how in how the heck did they get the recording? The Russians aren't going to give it to him. Uh, Joe, is this making sound confusing? No, no, no. I'm with you. Yeah, I got you. If if Mifsud's working for the Russians to collude to overthrow an election. And the charging document talks about it from a third-person perspective, like a bird's-eye view Mm -hmm. over their meeting. There's only two possible scenarios. Either Papadopoulos said it, Mifsud said it, or there's someone recording the darn thing. Now, a great point pointed out by this person, which I'm not trying to take credit for his stuff. I just, we've been looking at this for a while. Mm -hmm. And his email, it's time to get it out there. Talks about a part of, part of the charging document. Maybe the, using the language of the charging document will make this make more sense. Okay. Here's what's written in there, Joe. Initially, the professor seemed uninterested in the defendant, talking about Papadopoulos. It then goes on to say, the professor appeared to take great interest in defendant Papadopoulos. Talk about later on. How would they know that? Were they there? It's not Ms. Sud saying it. All right. I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm confident of. Yeah, and that helps, Because he's yeah. not cooperating. How, Joe, how do they know that? How do they know that? Was this recorded? Mm-hmm. If this was recorded, how was it recorded? Now, there's another possibility there. There seems to be some intimate knowledge of these details between the meeting between Mifsud and Papadopoulos. Detailed knowledge, whether they were recorded. Now, was it recorded by Miss Sud? I don't know that yet. I don't want to speculate where I don't know. But what I'm telling you is there's a bird's eye view of this that was, I don't believe, passed on, I don't believe was passed on by Miss Sud. Unless, unless he was cooperating. To, I, I? This is killing me because I know I know a lot about it, and I think I'm not getting out right. If Mifsud's a Russian agent right. and he's recording this thing, he's not going to give the information to the Central Intelligence Agency of the United States. Right. He would implicate himself as a Russian agent. Yes. This, you get what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> if Joe was really going to rob a bank at a meeting with me and he's recording a conversation, he's not going to give the recording to the cops. No. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Which you can pretty much eliminate Mifsud at this point. Being a Russian agent, right. they somehow have some bird's eye view of this. There's only two explanations. It was recorded, given to them by Ms. Sood, meaning he's not a Russian agent. He was working with them. Working with friendlies to set up Trump or there's a third party there. Now you see where I'm going with the political article? Mm-hmm. This Allie Watkins seems to know an awful lot about the whole case an awful long time ago. This piece was written, written November 9, 2017. She does a piece focusing specifically on this Russian woman, Olga Vinogradova or Paulin Sky or whatever you want to call her. No one really knows her name. Joe, just like Mifsud. did you notice we haven't heard a darn thing about Miss Olga since? Yeah. So suspiciously this woman who speaks with a heavy Russian accent, who introduces herself as Putin's niece, so convenient. Putin's, she's not Putin's niece, by the way. Says, I have these high-level Russian contacts. Just randomly shows up at a meeting between a Trump advisor, Papadopoulos, and a Maltese professor with Western intelligence. How perfect. Only, Joe, to never be heard from again. Now, she's in my book, but I ask you this show, you followed this as almost intensely as I am, being mm-hmm. a part of this show. Yeah. I tell you, remember the names often. Have you even heard that name before? No. No, you haven't. The only Russian woman I've heard is Vilenitskaya or whatever. Vilenitskaya. Yeah. yeah. Bezelnitskaya. Bezelnitskaya. You remember that yeah. name. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. You haven't heard Vinita Grova, Polanskaya? Because nobody's talking about her. Folks, just like I said to you about Mifsud, where it's absolutely impossible to disappear the way Mifsud did and to avoid any no one's seen miss Sud since his uh, february interview with the fbi from last year nobody's seen him. nobody's seen or heard of olga uh, vinogradova uh, uh, excuse me uh, vinogradova <laughs> nobody's heard from her since folks this was so obviously a setup that again you have to intentionally have blinders on at this point to believe this 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 bag of, of horse Cause that's what it is. This is nonsense. You see, where I'm wrapping this up, Joe. Mm-hmm. This was the perfect setup. Yeah. Do you really think the Russians are, guys, ladies? Listen, I'm no fan of, of Putin or the Russians. Let me be crystal clear about this. I have been, in, uh, you know, intimately involved. What got me into politics was Reagan's fight against communism. But do you really think I, I spent time in Moscow? three weeks? As a matter of fact, doing investigative work with their FSB when I was a secret service agent. These people aren't stupid, okay? No, they are not dumb. The Russians. Do you really believe that they're going to send this Maltese professor there, right, as their cutout, and as and, and what they're and they're going to send a woman who is Putin's niece? Who openly talks about her connections to the Russian government to try to set up a meeting with a low-level member of the Trump team? You believe this is actually going to, this is the way it's going to go down? So let me get this straight, Joe. The Russian government has a plan to overthrow the results of the U.S. election or influence them heavily, right? Okay. So they send in a professor from Malta with connections to Western intelligence who knows U.K. intelligence (laughs) officials and is intimately familiar with the Western intelligence apparatus. So they call in a guy connected to us who, by the way, could rat on them at any moment. And they send in a woman and, and, and she doesn't do it cryptically. She goes, yeah, I'm Putin's niece. I can set up a meeting. Does this sound even remotely logical to you? Are you like a crazy person? You, we haven't heard that in a while. Play it again. Are you like a crazy person? Yes, you must be. I missed <laughs> that one. I do, too. I, that No, I'm not crazy. This is the worst setup in human history. Oh, look, I've got this one. It's Putin's niece. She's going to set up a meeting. Really? Wow, (laughs) that sounds great. All of a sudden, we don't hear from the woman ever again. You're telling me nobody can locate this woman. Is it possible, Joe, also that bird's eye view, third-party perspective talking about, oh, and Mifsud didn't seem interested, but then he seemed interested. It's not Mifsud saying that. Who's saying that? Folks, you have not heard the last Now, Joe, what would you say? We're about a month ahead of the news cycle on this? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mark it down. Get your notebooks out, folks. Olga Polinskaya. Check it out in the book. Olga Vinogradova. You have not heard the last of that name. This is the worst setup in human history by a bunch of incompetent loons. Read the Politico piece. It's in there today. And remember who wrote it. There's a reason that name appears in her writing around the time she's dealing with her boyfriend on the Intel Committee who knows the whole story according to the FISA, the debunked dossier, and feeds it to her. There's a reason she writes that. Now, remember, she knows the whole story according to the dossier and the Democrats because that's what appeared in the FISA application. She doesn't know the real story. She just knows what she's been told. Hence the focus in her political piece about this shady Russian woman, Olga Vilga, Vinogradova. Was she Russian? We sure about that? Just how Russian was she? What is she doing? I never know what she's doing. doing. What is she doing back there? (laughs) Folks, this is going to get hairy. This story, I know a lot of you think this thing's dying down. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a lot more to come. Write that name in your name notebook. More to come on that later. All right, uh, one final lady here. And I got a few more stories to get to that are really important. A lot of news this week. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies. At We The People Holsters, best holsters out there. Love them. They sent me a sample a little while ago. Loved them so much. I said, hey, can I get a few more of those bad boys? They are great. <laughs> the problem with a lot of these in the pants holsters and holster designs, they're super uncomfortable. They're hard to adjust. Not with We The People Holsters. You will never, ever find a better priced, more qual- high quality holster than you will with We The People. They custom make their holsters right here in the United States. They do not use third party molds. They design them themselves. In Las Vegas, right here in the United States, putting Americans to work. These are measured right down to every nook and cranny of the firearm you own. They update their designs all the time. They have camo, the thin red line, thin blue line, the constitution. I have all kinds of really cool designs in there. Check them out. They update their designs all the time, every month. That's mic, And it allows them also to keep the data on updated models of firearms that come out. They mean it when they say they build their own molds. They have a 3D design team that measures every nook and cranny of the firearm for the perfect fit. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride for maximum comfort. It's super easy to do. It's a couple screws right on the front. You can't miss it. They designed their own clip. It has four holes on the clip that match up with the four on the holster, so you can adjust the cant and the ride for maximum comfort. You can adjust the tension. It provides that nice little click, so you know that that firearm is secure in there. If you like it a little loose, a little, uh, if you like the holster grip to be a little tighter on the firearm, it's just one simple turn of a screw. Really simple. Their holsters are priced at just $34. But, but not only they come with a lifetime guarantee, which you won't need because they're great, they also ship free. And if you use uh, if you use promo code Dan, you'll get $10 off. That makes it just $24. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for refund. Here's the website. Check this out. We the peopleholsters.com slash Dan. We the peopleholsters.com slash Dan. We the Peopleholsters.com slash Dan. My listeners can get ten dollars off using promo code Dan. That's just twenty four dollars with free shipping. You will not find a better product out there for the money. Love the people. All right, uh, a couple more stories I had the um, the Democrats uh, and the media and the media allies. Their messaging on this caravan, uh, mm. caravan, in addition to their messaging on this uh, this dreadful, uh, suspicious package uh, spree we're having here over these last few days, has been absolutely horrifying. Watching the media, I covered this on my NRA TV show last night. Uh, address this caravan has been uh, just I, I, I don't I, they're not even media anymore Joe it's not journalism um, it's it's strictly liberal mm-hmm. narrative baiting one of their talking points on this has been and I, I addressed this yesterday as well and I want to just double down on it because there's been a subsequent tweet put out liberals are giving us an easy messaging opportunity and sadly a lot of Republicans are missing it They're asking Republicans for evidence that this caravan contains, in fact, criminals and gang members. When the real question is, how can you prove it doesn't? Because these are not citizens of the United States. They have no right to enter the country illegally. None. The real question here is not asking me for proof that there are gang members. It's asking you proof that you know they're not. Have you vetted all 4,000 of of, uh, these immigrants coming up to the country and threatening to enter illegally? Have you? It's a simple question. The answer is obviously no, you have not. So if you haven't, you can't prove to me that people entering our country and breaking the law, they have no right to do this, should be here, and that some of them, granted, maybe a small portion, but some of them may be dangerous. Making the situation even worse, not to redo yesterday's show, but there's been some new news on this. The DHS, Department of Homeland Security, put out a tweet, thoroughly refuting the media coverage on this, which has been, Donald Trump needs to prove there are gang members and and, and, uh, criminals. Donald Trump doesn't need to prove anything. They're threatening to enter the country illegally. You have to prove that that these folks are going to enter legally, number one, and should be here. You have to prove, not us. Here's the tweet, Joe. DHS can confirm, can, not can't, can, Mm C-A-N, can confirm that there are individuals within the caravan who are gang members, or who have serious criminal histories. That is a tweet from DHS. I worked at DHS, ladies and gentlemen. They are not politicians. They're not going to humiliate themselves in a tweet for any political agenda. DHS clearly has significant intelligence, Joseph, that there are people in this caravan with significant criminal histories or who may be gang Mm -hmm. members. This is their tweet. They're not going to embarrass themselves on their Twitter feed. Telling you what? The media is just making this story up. There's no evidence that there's criminals. Do, do you even read? Seriously, I said this yesterday. Someone suggested that we put it on a t shirt. Liberals, do you even read? <laughs> Seriously. Do you even do you pay attention to even basic facts and information? This is outrageous. The DHS put out a tweet themselves. They can confirm, can, no T at the end, can confirm that there are gang members and people with significant criminal histories within the caravan. Joe, there are also investigative reporters on the ground talking to people in the caravan who have already acknowledged that there were criminals in the Hmm. caravan. Stop falling for this sucker argument, Republicans. You need to prove that there are uh, uh, one. We don't have to prove it. DHS already put out a tweet. So you're already down on the information front. Sorry. uh, You know, information one, liberal media zero. But on the second front, even if that weren't, we don't have to prove anything. They're not. They're not saying they're going to enter the country legally through points of they're threatening to break the law, but there's nothing we have to, that, that in and of itself is enough to say, no, thanks. We're good. The fact that DHS is now confirming their criminals and gang members in there is just an additional piece of information, which should incentivize any sane, rational person to say, this is crazy. This is an invasion. 4,000 people yeah. threatening to walk across the border yeah. illegally. is nuts all right a couple more things i want to get to because it's important quick midterm election update ladies and gentlemen we're seeing two things two things here to put a little bit of a smile on your face again this is not incentivizing anyone to to, you know to, to rest on their laurels this could be you know what what happened in these last two days in these news cycles is um you know troubling and there could always be another surprise here but it's starting to look it's not going to be a red wave. Let me be clear on this, but it's starting to look like the blue wave may in fact be dead, that they may, may, may hold the house. I think we're going to add to the Senate. I told you that in my prediction last week, but there's two data points I want to put out there. Number one, early uh, polling in critical statewide Senate races, early voting. Early voting is up dramatically for the Republicans. They are winning big time in some of these states in early voting. Now, having said that, That is not always the best indicator of what happens on Election Day. Um, I know that, Joe, as you know from personal experience, (laughs) where I won on Election Day a congressional seat overwhelmingly by 5,000 votes. I was like, this is great. I was measuring the drapes in my congressional office in Maryland (laughs) District 6, and they were like, wait, hold on. We still got to count the early voting and the absentee, and I got crushed. I wound up losing the race by by a sliver, by one point, because he made up all 5,000 of those votes and then some. Um, so it is not always, in other words, the early voting. If I would have just went by the early voting, I should have lost that race by 30 points. I lost by one. One point, that's it. So early voting is not always the best indicator. So get out, take 10 friends. But secondly, some of the polling, if you listen to the shows I did earlier in the week about how they were, where we're really having trouble, folks, we're having trouble in these suburban districts. Some of the areas dominated by minority voters. Who would vote for Hillary? Whether it's Florida twenty-seven or Texas twenty-three, where we should be getting crushed according to the liberal media narrative. Oh, Hispanic voters don't like Trump. Ah, it's actually not happening. Will Heard and the Elvira Salazar race in Florida, dominated by Hispanic voters in Southern Florida and in the border in Texas, the Republicans are doing quite well in those polls. Where we're having real problems is in the suburban districts. One of them I've been using as a bellwether district. Is the Barbara Comstock race right outside of D.C. in the Virginia suburbs? I think it's Virginia Ten. Forgive me if I get the number, but I'm pretty sure it's Virginia Ten. Barbara Comstock, uh, who I, I've interviewed before when I used to host Radio Terrestrial Radio, Barbara Comstock was was getting uh, just crushed in the polls. She was not doing. She's the incumbent Republican. Barbara Comstock has closed the gap significantly. Some polls have her running neck and neck with her Democrat opponent in one of those suburban districts. So again, is this a bellwether? I think so. Um, But I think between chaos, the caravans and Kavanaugh, um, you know, the the two C's and the one K, um, I think the Democrats have created a really, really untenable situation for themselves. And I think even in suburban districts, a lot of moderate Republican, moderate Democrat, female soccer mom voters are starting to say, ah, you know what? This chaos thing isn't for me. We'll see. We'll see. My prediction stays. I think we hold the House by two to four seats. I think we pick up uh, two to three seats in the Senate. But those two factors, early voting, we're doing very well. And that Comstock race, which I believe is indicative of this uh, suburban problem we've been having lately. Is starting to close in too, and Comstock's starting to pick up some more numbers in the polls. Get out and vote, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, I get the beef with early voting. I understand it. I think, you know, seven month long early voting, early voting, obviously hyperbolic, is ridiculous, but this is not the time for that fight. Something, God forbid, could happen to you. You could get in a car accident the day of voting. Again, we don't wait, God forbid, but you need to get out and early vote. Put your numbers in early. Get that thing on the record, please. I did. I already voted. My wife and I both in Florida. Please do it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, one one cautionary tale here on this, and I want to get to a fair share argument too. You know, fair share, fair share. You're not liberal. The rich are not paying their fair share. I have a really good article up at uh, Zero Hedge today in the show notes showing just in a very simple graph how absurd and outrageous the liberals fair share argument is that, that you know, uh, the wealthy aren't paying their fair share. But before I get to that, just one note on the stock market that's been very volatile, yeah. it's been up and down, lost 600 yeah. points yesterday. Folks, take it easy on everybody. You know, the liberals want to instill a sense of panic before the election with the stock market. They love to highlight these stories. Oh, the stock market, the economy is all erratic. Folks, this is natural. There was always going to be a correction in the stock market. There may be an even bigger correction. Don't forget, for, for the eight years of fed policy where we printed a bunch of monopoly money and drove interest rates low people were they called it the, you know the search for yield you know seeking alpha right. right you have to search for yield on your money yield the return if i have money sitting in a bank account i want an interest rate i want to make money on it making money on money that search for yield was impossible when we printed a lot of money because we, the federal government drove interest rates into the ground and the economy was slow, meaning there wasn't a lot of demand for money, so people couldn't charge a lot of yield. If you can't get 3 4 5% for your money, you have to search for yield somewhere else. So what were people doing, Joe, pouring money in equities in the stock market? Interest rates are now going up. We're seeing it in the mortgage market. We're seeing it with Fed policy. People have safer choices now where they can get some return on their money you were always going to see some of that money come back out of equities and into fixed, uh, fixed investments like bonds, uh, real estate, and other things where they can get some kind of a fixed return or what they believe to be a fixed return over time. Bottom line is this, don't panic. This is, these are natural, cyclical. I wish they weren't. I wish we weren't printing money, creating these cycles, but don't panic. Everybody stand. For, I'm not telling you what to do with your money. You want to pull them out of equities, do whatever. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm simply telling you on the economy, it's okay. And if we can get a hold of our debt situation, our government spending situation, I think we'll be in a lot better shape. Okay, here's my final story. And this is what I was getting to, the zero hedge piece. There's a terrific graph at the top. And the data is from 2014. So you may say it's old. Well, the reason it's old is it's the last year from the, uh, the CBO that we have the entire data set to look at. But on, these, uh, on this fair share argument, there's this f- fascinating chart, Joe. It breaks down income categories into, uh, into, into quintiles, right? You mm-hmm. know, the upper wealthy 20%, the, the lowest 20%, and, you know, mm-hmm. quintiles, five separate right. categories of income. These are fascinating numbers for all you liberals out there arguing that wealthy people don't pay their fair share. The highest earners in the country, Joe, and this is a measure of how much they received in transfers versus how much they paid in federal taxes. Very simply, how much people gave to the government. And how much they got back. Please stop emailing. My gosh, my email is going wild this morning. I'm not talking to you. Sorry. There's this group. They're emailing me. It's driving me nuts. It's like the 50th email I've got in the middle of the show. And it keeps blocking my screen. The highest income earners paid $75,100 in federal income tax and got back, Joe, in the form of government transfers, 11700 mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. difference. i to pay new Really? That seems like a big difference to me the uh, the second uh, number down so wealthy folks but not as wealthy obviously is the top group the second uh, 20% down from the top paid 18,600 in taxes got 14,000 back in transfers now the middle the second and the lowest uh, uh, quintiles here of earners is where it gets interesting the middle paid 9,600 in taxes and got back $15,400 Nine thousand. We haven't used Jay's abacus in a while. Nine thousand six hundred dollars in tax payments, and they got back fifteen thousand four hundred. So you got the wealthy paying seventy five thousand, getting back eleven thousand, and you got people who are middle income paying nine thousand six hundred, getting back fifteen thousand. Your fair share. Are, you understand your nonsense? It's it's it's, it's it, you're immune to facts and data. It gets even better. The second lowest to the bottom. Paid in $3,800 in taxes. Got $17,700 back in transfers. And the poorest individuals, folks, I'm just trying to tell you a fair share argument is total garbage. The poor, this is where they paid $400 in federal income taxes. Got $16,600 back, excuse me. Folks, hard pass on the nonsense fair share argument, please facts and data matter, read the piece, look at the chart, print it, give it to your liberal friends and say, how much more of the fair share should be ours exactly? Because we're already paying all of it. Thank you. Have a nice day. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the show, especially on iTunes. we some issues here. I don't know why, but go to iTunes and your podcast app. Please subscribe. It's free. Uh, you can also subscribe on iHeart. You can listen up on Gino.com and please subscribe to my email list. We will send you the best articles of the day right to your mailbox. Thanks a lot, folks. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.